Welcome to Women in Leadership Talk, where you'll hear from successful women who are empowering other women with their stories of adversity, resiliency, and success. And here is your host, Vicki Bradley, founder and CEO of Women in Leadership Empowered. Hello and welcome everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today for the Women in Leadership Talk podcast. We are super excited. We have Dr. Stacy Irvine with us today. Stacy, welcome. So good to be here. Well, we're thrilled that you're able to join us. And if it's okay, I'm going to take a minute and just really introduce you to our audience, let give them a little bit of background about you so they know, you know, who they're listening to today. So Dr. Stacy uh, has worked in health and fitness industry most of her life, first as a coach for many sports, where she was dedicated to training athletes, competing for provincial and national teams. Uh, today, she's the founder and co-owner of Totem Life Science, which is a national leader in sports medicine, fitness, and healthcare industry. She also works regularly in Canadian and U.S. media as a health and fitness expert for CityLine Breakfast TV. She's also the author of, and we're very excited about this, Your Better Instincts. For years, she has acquired specialized training related to the high-performance coaching and her clinical practice. And so her client can range from beginners to elites uh, to pro athletes and as well as having a few celebrities join her. So Stacy, we're thrilled that you're here today and very excited to tap into, you know, your expertise, your knowledge, and, uh, you know, really just get to know you uh, a bit more. I'm thrilled to be here. I always love being a part of anything that, you know, helps women be successful. And I think after this pandemic, it's gotten even more difficult for us. So I think it's really important that we all kind of work together and try to recover from this and get a little bit healthier and, you know, back on the right track. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so funny you mentioned that because I saw my doctor yesterday and I hadn't seen her in person in over, well, it's been almost two and a half years. And she, (laughs) of course they do the you know, weigh in and height. And, and I'm like, okay, that's not my favorite part. And then she said to me, she goes, you know, Vicki, I have 500 patients. And she said, you're the only patient I've had that hasn't gained weight through the pandemic. Wow. <laughs> well, I started laughing and I said, well, it's a good thing I went on a diet about six months ago. Right. <laughs> before right. I saw right. You. Right. Yeah. So yeah. And behind you. <laughs> I, I, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cause she would have been on me, um, you know, yeah. had I showed up with that extra, extra several pounds. So, you know, finding a solution to motivate an entire planet to live healthier lives is, is just not happening. I mean, you know, there's so many different diets, so many different exercise, like all of these things. And and we see obesity is definitely on the rise. Uh, We're consuming more junk food than ever. And I think that's probably, you know, with the pandemic, that certainly has escalated even more so, um, But we're also getting far less sleep. And, you know, as you and I were talking about a minute ago, the the mental health issues are just off the charts and especially with our younger people, Um, you know, and and I think part of it too, Stacey, is that even though we may consume better food or, or good food, our soils and everything is they've lost some of that, the nutrients that we so desperately need. And so we have all this science and we've communicated in so many different languages, you know, how, how to have a better life, how to have a better body. It's still not happening. And so I was really excited when I saw that you had written this book about, you know, how do we reconnect with our superpower and really get, um, 
uh, in tune with our better instincts. So, so let's jump in. Let's talk about this, share with our audience, you know, what is the secret? How do we do this? (laughs) I love it. I wish that there was one secret and the, what you've said is exactly true. And, and I'm always based in the science and the data and the hardest part for the data for me is that we've regressed as a population. Mm-hmm. You know, we have all these technological advances. We have all these scientific healthcare advances, but believe it or not, even prior to the pandemic, life expectancy in the United States was going on a downward trend. And that's pretty incredible when you really start to think about it. And the other really sad part is it's diseases of despair are on the way up. So we see suicides, drug overdoses, and, you know, those types of things that are drastically on the rise in British Columbia, the, you know, a statistic just came out about the number of opioid deaths this year. And, and, and it is tragic. And to me, it's a, it's a light bulb moment to say, wow, we're really not getting it right now, you know, and we have to start to pay more attention to our health and to our mental well-being. And we have to start to figure out how do we integrate all of our wonderful new technology in our life in a good way and not in a bad way. And I pulled a quote from the book that I think applies to this. So I'm a big fan of Charles Darwin. And um, so here's, here's the book. And the quote I thought was interesting related to your question is, it's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent that survives. It's the one that is most adaptable to change. Mm -hmm. The very essence of instinct is that it's followed independently of reason. So what that's saying is that throughout all of our history of being human beings, the people or the animals that adapt the best to what comes at them are the ones that survive the best. And I think this pandemic has really shown us that our ability to adapt has been tested over and over and over again. You know, as a small business owner, I, I think every day we had to call health, you know, public health Ontario and say, okay, what are the rules today? You know, and we had to keep changing and adapting and going online as we all have, as you and I are here today. And that's great. But we also need to realize that those adaptations can take a toll on us and, And we want to really establish, okay, what are the good things that are happening and what are the things that aren't so great and how do I get rid of those things? Wow. I mean, that's so true. And, and, you know, what you just shared about change, like if we don't change, we die. Right. Right. And so we, we do, we have to have that agility and that adaptability to, to be able to navigate. And, and a lot of people to your point have, really struggled in being able to do that over these last two years and then have felt isolated and alone. So um, not an easy journey to, to navigate, no question, but, it, but also there's been a lot of good things too. I think that, you know, it has helped us reconnect with that stillness within and, and getting out in nature and, you know, really connecting as a family even more so because we were all running so fast before. Exactly. And that's, that's to the point of 
picking the good things. The book mm-hmm. has a whole chapter on nature and why nature is so important to us. And, you know, our human beings have lived for a very small portion of time the way we live today, but we've lived for thousands and thousands of years as hunters and gatherers and people who were outside all the time and people who never had a computer screen in front of them. And somehow we think we can make this drastic shift and our bodies and our brains are going to be okay with it. And unfortunately, I think this data is telling us that we're not okay with it and that our bodies need that time in nature. They need that strong connection with our families and with our friends and our community. And and those are the pieces that we are missing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Especially those connections. Those connections are so vital to, to the survival. So what has your experience shown you with how, when we make certain decisions or we take certain actions that impact, you know, on our overall health and, and why do we, why do you think we continue to go back to those choices? I'm assuming you're kind of saying like, why do we make the bad ones? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I believe that instincts, you know, the, the reason I wrote the book with the title instincts is they do drive our behaviors and we have these needs. Um, we have to eat, we have to move, we have to connect with other human beings. And that is vital to us actually being alive. Okay. So when we're aware of those drives and what causes those behaviors, that's a very good thing for all of us, because then we understand, you know, you wake up and you say, oh, I'm thirsty. Well, obviously you're dehydrated, you, you know, and you understand that and you say, okay, I will feel better if I drink some water right now. And we all know that's a very basic example of a good habit that is driven by a feeling or a need or an instinct, you know, wake up, get some water. Um, However, we've become a society with a lot of coping mechanisms and, you know, the, the, the extended part of a coping mechanism is an addiction. And what we've done is we've taken some of our drives and instead of understanding them, we have been coping with them. So caffeine, when you wake up is a great example. And believe me, I love coffee and I love my caffeine. However, when it becomes a thing where you need it eight times a day, then it's becoming a little bit more into the addiction side. So instead, what what you should be thinking is, you know, why am I so tired? Well, I'm not a good sleeper. Okay, so let's go back and deal with that. And we have to kind of structure our lives in a way where we really start to think about, okay, what, what are the things that I'm doing, my behaviors that are really good for me? And what are my behaviors that are really bad for me? You know, these devices are very addictive. And unfortunately, they are the things right now that are giving us our hits of serotonin and a little bit of adrenaline. And also, um, they're very good at capturing our attention when we could get serotonin from, you know, giving our our partner a hug or connecting really with our kids, you know, before they leave the door, 
that's that takes effort from us, but that's a very it's it's a much healthier way for our whole family to work. Or, you know, you have a dog and you go walk your dog and you get your serotonin and things like that from that, you know, that interaction is much healthier than, you know, hopping on the phone and trying to get that from there. Yeah. Yeah. I was, it was funny when you were just saying that I was thinking about like, even just going out and I was with a group of women last night and we were talking about going out and hugging a tree, right? It sounds yes. crazy, but it's no, like, it's go good. hug that tree and it's listen good. what, you know, like, cause, cause that grounds you and brings you back to nature and totally agree with you. I think sometimes, you know, we can, it starts out as, as a innocent or a, a micro moment of, you know, have that cup of coffee and then, oh yeah, I'm tired. I need that little boost or a hit of sugar or yeah. a glass of wine. Like I know, you know, just talking to girlfriends through COVID wine has kind of been the, the go-to, right. It has, and it has. Yeah. And so it's, you know, how do we, how do we recognize that? And, and what is the underlying, right? What's happening inside that we feel that we need to have that. Yes. Okay. That, love that love is, what you're that, saying. That is the question. And, and a lot of it is goes back to our instincts because we've always had those instincts. So um, a glass of wine is a perfect example. Um, you know, alcohol sales were up, I believe, 30% during the pandemic. That That's remarkable. And, and now we're seeing um, much higher rates of depression and all other types of mental health issues. And I, I really do believe that those two are very linked. And mm-hmm. I know from my experience personally, and my experience with my friends, especially in the early days of the pandemic, you know, everything was shut down. Every night was a Friday night yeah. and we were all sad and we were all scared and we were not allowed to connect with each other. Remember, we had to stay in our time, in our homes, in our little bubbles. So alcohol became a really, for many of us, it became kind of a crutch that was like, okay, well, at least I'll watch a movie, which is your distraction, and I'll have a glass of wine. And that's going to make me feel a little bit better until the next morning when you wake up and go, oh my God, I feel horrible. Um, it's, it's recognizing, I think, too, and allowing yourself to say, those are perfectly normal feelings. There's nothing wrong with me. I just need to find a better way to deal with it. And those chemicals in our brain are always going to be there. They are driven by our instincts in many ways, but to recognize them and say, okay, here's a better thing I should do. I should go out for a walk and I should set myself up to have a really good night's sleep because come tomorrow morning, I'm going to feel way better. And mentally my stress level is going to be down. And, you know, just, and just realize when the negative patterns are becoming a really bad influence in our life, we might have to take them back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. I know one of my friends, um, she and I do a monthly check-in now, right. And we say, okay, when it comes to the wine consumption, <laughs> we're like, okay, yeah. you know, if, if, if we go over this amount, we have to pay each other $250. And so neither one of us are willing to give up $250. Right. So it, it actually has helped us both take that step back. And it's not, it's not even about the wine. It's more of the awareness and being highly in tune to why do, why do we feel that we needed that? Right. Um, and so you, you do start to shift the, the conversation. So 
let's just talk a little bit about how we create some of these new routines and especially when it comes to fitness, right? Fitness and I think fitness, food, and mindset are probably the, the biggest areas that has been a struggle for most of us this year, right? Because the whole conversation has been pandemic, COVID, uh, you know, what it's taken away from us. And so how do we start to create new routines and shift from that to things that, that do fuel us more? It's a great question. And when you say, what's the secret, this is a question that I've dealt with, obviously, my whole career is how do I do this? And, and as you mentioned at the beginning, we have all the information, we know what to do, the the information is out there, we know how to eat, we know how to exercise, there's, there's millions of videos that can tell us like, you know, the tiniest little specific thing about our food or exercise or anything that we want. And then the question fundamentally becomes, why don't we do it? My gut feeling about this is that as smart as we are, um, we look at food, fitness, those types of things in a very non-analytical way. We look at it in an emotional way and it, it leads us to worse decisions. And we can explain away things like why I didn't move today or why I didn't eat well today. But it always comes from an emotional place. How do we do that better? Obviously, in the book, I talk about, first of all, we got to understand our instincts. And and sometimes when I'm working with my clients, I say things like, you know, if you were looking at your bank accounts and if you were looking at your spending, you do it in a scientific, I would hope, a scientific mathematical way. Because if you did it in an emotional way, you know you'd get nowhere, right? And a lot of the things we're talking about, uh, food, exercise, mindset, those are scientific things. So it doesn't make sense for us to approach it in an emotional way. Mm, I love that. And how, how do you do it? So you look at your day and you say, okay, how do I normally feel in the morning? Am I tired? Am I energetic? What's happening? So if you're tired, there's a few reasons. You're not getting enough sleep. You're very dehydrated. Maybe even you're hungover. So then you have to take a step back and say, okay, I cannot start my day like that anymore. I have to fix what's happening before because waking up exhausted is just setting you up for failure no no matter what. Then you go through your day and you say, okay, what's my energy level like here? And what's my energy level like here? And often I find um, people will say, okay, when I hit three o'clock, you know, I just want to lie down. My bed's right over there. I just want to lie down and have a nap. And so again, you look at it scientifically. What's happening? Are you dehydrated? What did you eat for lunch? So we know that if we eat a bunch of carbs or, you know, fried mm. foods or things like that, that's great for a treat. And I, I love that. And, and I love all types of food. And I love going out for lunches, you know, with friends that take a long time and have a great time. But I know that my productivity is going to go down. So on, a, on regular days when we want to be productive and we want to feel good, we say, okay, maybe at lunch I eat really good food. You know, I do something that is healthy, that is fuel, I don't eat too much so that maybe I have a bit of a snack later. And again, so you're looking at it from a scientific standpoint. And then we go to the end of the day, and we can say, you know, what do I do that inspires me? 
Um, do I enjoy dinner with my family? Be because those pieces of our lives are equally important. And that goes to your mindset to yeah. say, what's making me happy today? And did I have a great day at work? And what did I accomplish? And who am I sharing that with? You know, whether it's friends or family, it doesn't matter. Those connections also have a chemical reaction in our brain that's important to us. Mm -hmm. And if you find that your nights are spent with, you know, binging Netflix and having a glass of wine to the point where you feel like, you know, you can hardly keep your eyes open, then again, you just have to look at it analytically, scientifically. Okay, that didn't work. What could work? What could I do? You know, what you talk about with your friends and accountability, I love because I've given examples to other uh, patients and clients where I've said, schedule it with a friend. If you're in this boat, you know, go up and down your street, but probably many other people are in the same boat. So, so what would be wrong with saying, you know, after dinner at 7.30, would you like to meet with me and we'll walk over to Starbucks and grab a tea or something like that, or we'll just go for a walk. And I guarantee you that will change everything that will change how you feel that will change how you sleep, but you have to take your day and you have to look at it from a much more analytical way, not an emotional way. I love that. I love the example you use too with like your bank account, right? Because you're right. You would not approach your bank account in an emotional way. And that really puts it in perspective. Like I had light bulbs going off <laughs> when you were saying that. I think that's such an important aspect of it. And it's it's to also distract you from what you all, the routine that you always do, right? Like yeah. really looking at it differently and and how, you know, how do you feel the next day? And that was one thing I did notice even for myself, because, you know, I would have those few glasses of wine and then the next day I'd be foggy and I didn't sleep good. And I would be like, oh, I feel so awful. Like, I don't want to feel that way. I want to wake up and feel energized and excited to welcome the day. And so you do, I think, start to shift some of the, um, the intention when you can really relate it. Cause why, why would you want to do something that makes you feel bad? Right. And, and, exactly. and typically the whole point when we eat junk food or, uh, you know, we have excessive wine, it's, we think at the moment it's making us feel better. So I love that. I love that, how to move that from, you know, emotion to looking at it very scientifically and starting to question why you're doing it. Yeah. So what, what else would you share with our audience that, like from your, from the book perspective, like you've taken this, you know, time and you've got all this beautiful experience that you've put into your book, uh, about, you know, how you, you know, to your, your better instincts. So what would you say would be a helpful tip to get people to tap in to that instinct instead of ignoring it? Cause I think most of us, we do ignore it, right? We do. And here's the tricky piece, as I'm sure you find with what you do, everybody's different. And what I did at the end of the book is I interviewed, um, I believe there's eight. So I picked eight high performers. Um, I have Chris Hatfield and I have Getty Lee and I have um, Alex Lifeson. I have Tracy Moore from City Line. I have Linda Reeves. I'm just flipping through looking at the names here. So, oh, and I've got doc, Dr. Deborah McNamara. And she's a, a PhD, like a brilliant psychologist. 
And what I wanted to get at was exactly what you're saying is first thing is have the knowledge. So understand and accept that these instincts exist and understand what they are. That, that is the key. It's the key to anything in our life. If we want to drive a car, we have to understand how does the car work? Mm-hmm. If, you know, if we are doing something very technical at work and we don't understand what the background is and why things are happening the way they are, we're probably not going to do a good job. The same goes for us as human beings, understanding where those drives come from, why they're there, why we need to do certain things. You know, the the kind of the key things that I have in the book that must be done are sleep is key. Fuel is key. So, So eating well, and it doesn't have to be all the time and there's nothing strict about eating, but, but it is your fuel. So understand that if you put horrible gasoline into your car, it wouldn't run well. But if, if, as if most of the time you put in the really good gas, most of the time your car is going to run well. Okay. So that's our fuel. Then movement. Movement is necessary. It, we need to move every single day and movement doesn't have to be a workout, you know, at like some crazy place where things are being thrown at you and all that. that. That's not it. Movement could be gardening. It could be going for a walk. It could be, you know, out and about with our friends where we're just up on our feet. We're not looking at screens and we're moving. Love the that. strength training and all that, I get into that, you know, as we age, that does get a little bit more important so that we can keep moving, but that is a crucial piece. We have to move. And then the third crucial piece is we have to connect with other people. And that's where our inspiration and our mindset comes from. So those are the components that we need to understand. We must have them. When you put those things into place, you will find other, all the other pieces will start to fall into place. Your energy level will increase You might say one day, like, wow, I'm feeling so down today. And then again, you look at it analytically and say, okay, what happened yesterday? Why do I feel that way? Maybe I'm tired. Maybe I'm dehydrated. Maybe I didn't eat well. That's fine. It could very well be I'm not inspired because I haven't connected or I haven't had anything that moved me, right? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but but recognizing, okay, what do I need to do? Well, I need to book a girl's night or I need to, you know, call a mentor or call my coach. I just need that little check-in to kind of push me a little bit into more endorphins, more excitement. And definitely during COVID, you know, that that was the key. What I found when I interviewed all my high performers, there were there were a lot of similarities. Um, I'm going to say one other crucial thing: hard work for the people that reached this level. Not one of them got there without many many hours of dedicated hard work. But we can all do that. We we all have the ability to do that. So so that was one commonality. They all had these different things I'm talking about in different ways. And they had, you know, I don't think that they would have become high performers without having these areas in their life under control to a certain extent. Um, But it was fun to listen to how they got there in different ways. You know, Chris Hatfield kind of stands out because Oh my God. Well, first of all, he's an astronaut. He has multiple degrees. He's a commander of 
something within the space unit. But on top of that, he's an exceptional musician. He speaks four languages. And, you know, as a person who I always feel like I've done quite a bit with my life, you talk to him and you feel like, wow, like I've just been standing (laughs) still for it's lazy. <laughs> so lazy. Um, so so that puts it into a nice perspective, though, because it, it's about what's working for you and what makes you content and happy ultimately, right? That that is the end goal is that we want to be healthy, but we want to say why. Why are we healthy? Well, so we can enjoy ourselves and be happy ultimately. Yeah. Oh gosh, you said so many things there, Dr. Stacy, that really like hit home. Like, again, I had these moments of, of clarity with different individuals, especially when you talked about connection, because connection is, it is our lifeline, right? It's our lifeline. It's our lifeblood. Like, uh, and I was thinking of, of a friend last night who she was struggling, right? And, and she, I had said to her, you know, let's book a lunch date. And she goes, oh, we'll do that when the weather gets warmer. And I went, what? Wait a minute. That could be months from now. Like, So, so I tapped in quickly. And so I say this for a reason, because it's important that we recognize when somebody else is struggling and we may need to, to pull them out of that. And anyway, I took her to an event with me last night and afterwards she gave me the biggest hug and and was so grateful because she said, Oh my God, this is exactly what I needed. I needed to be surrounded with a group of women who were laughing, who were, and we went to an event that was about stillness and meditation. Right. And, but it was like, it, it so connected with her and just the energy of all the, and, and me as well, but all these women in the room. And I shared that because it's so important that we're, we are recognizing that and, and she knew it, but she wasn't really listening to her instinct. She was like, well, you know, maybe, maybe later. And I'm like, Mm-mm, like, come on. Like, so we do need to help each other. That, that is the hardest part. And it, it's that initial momentum, you know, to, to get yourself basically these days, it's out the door, get yourself out the door. But then those connections are so critically important in the book. I have the Harvard men's study, which was such an interesting study. It it followed men, you know, throughout their lifespan. And it took a group of men from Harvard University and a group of men that lived in inner Boston city. So it had, you know, Ivy League educated and then people who were working probably more stressful jobs and not, not Ivy League educated. And they were comparing the two. They followed them into their 90s, you know, and then there's there's a great TED talk about it. And they were measuring everything, blood pressure, heart disease, um, obviously longevity, all these psychological measures. And the fascinating part was that I, the researchers thought in the back of their minds that economic status would determine a lot of the hard health variables. So if you if you had a higher income and you were higher educational wise, you would have lower blood pressure, you know, less disease, less cancer, all those types of things. And the fascinating thing that they found was that that didn't matter. What mattered was the quality of your human connections. And those that all the gentlemen in both group that had the highest quality human connections had the best health measures. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that we really understand 
how crucial that is to our overall health. And, and I think with, with high performers, I can always say you'll perform better if you have good connections. I don't say you'll be healthier or you'll have lower blood pressure because I know, and you know, too, that's what triggers. Oh, really? Like I'll perform better. But I always say, be the person like you were that makes the effort and be the person that said that picks up the phone or sends the text that says, you know what, let's get together Mm -hmm. and never have any shame about that because you are taking care of yourself at the same time as helping a friend. And sometimes I think we get too caught up in this, this socialization where we're like, Oh, well, that person hasn't called me for a while. And I I don't want to always be the one that's calling or whatever. It doesn't matter. Be the one to be the instigator to make it happen. And that goes with your family too. I do find I have three teenagers. I do find that if I don't have a plan that's good for us in place, nothing happens. They'll pick up their devices and they'll go off to their rooms now, which they never used to be able to allowed to do before COVID. But now they're like, you know, they're used to doing all these things in their room by themselves. And if I don't have a compelling plan to stop them from doing that, the the other thing will happen. And I have to be the one that's kind of on it, you know, to say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going out for dinner tonight. So be home at this time, or we're going on a walk together. We're going to go play some basketball together. I have to always be the one and, and that's okay. You know, I just figure obviously the mom has to do more of that stuff. Um, my husband is on board with me, but I'm the one that does it. And I am proud of that. I I'm not a person that's like, Oh my God, why does it always have to be me? It's, you know, I have the knowledge of these things that help all of us. So I'm the one and that's the way it is. And and at the end of the day, I feel good about it because we go out and we have a great time and I feel like I'm being a better parent or a better partner. And I think that's fantastic. Absolutely. Well, and you're also teaching them, you know, for future. So right now they don't recognize that, but you're laying such a great foundation for them. And when they become, you know, adults, you'll see them do more of that too. They'll be the ones with their friends saying, come on, let's go play a game of basketball or, or checking in and making sure that people are doing, doing okay. Hopefully. (laughs) Yes, they will. They will. I'm confident. (laughs) Well, this has been such a great conversation and, you know, maybe just as we wrap up here, like where can people find your book and, and learn more about you? And the work oh, that you're doing. Good question. Okay, so I'm on Instagram um, at Stacy Irvine Health, and you can find me at Totem, www.totem.ca. The book looks like this, and it is available everywhere. Um, Indigo, Amazon, a few independent bookstores have it. It's it's very easy to get. There is also a website about the book. It's um, yourbetterinstincts.com and that's easily accessible too. So if I'm not hard to find, I'm pretty good at getting back to all my messages and things like that when, when I have a minute. But yeah, I feel free to reach out. I love learning about new experiences and new challenges. I love meeting new people. I love connecting with people. I'm happy to help in any way possible. 
Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, it's been a great conversation today and I'm sure that our audience is walking away with some great thinking. I love the analogies that you've, that you've shared with, you know, you know, how you, what kind of gas you put in your tank, how that impacts, you know, our body. And and so thinking of it from a, um, that's a good visual, right? Like, you know, if you're putting crap in, you're going to get crap out. And (laughs) so really being clear about, you know, what you're doing. And I love that emotional connection that you used with money. Like you, you, you use data and, and you're very thoughtful and we have to do more of that with respect to, you know, what we're doing to ourselves. Uh, All great examples. So Dr. Stacey, thank you so much again for joining us and sharing, you know, your background, your experience and wisdom. Uh, We're super grateful to you and all of our audience that's listening. We want to thank you for joining us today at the Will Talk podcast. Uh, We will see you again very soon. And please, if you know, if you have friends that you think this this podcast is going to really resonate with, please do share it with them. We can all do better with how we you know, live our lives and, and what we fuel our bodies with. So thanks again for joining us and we'll see you very soon. Thanks so much. I had a great time. Awesome. Thank you for joining us for Will Talk, sponsored by Women in Leadership Empowered. To learn more about our programs, please visit www.willempowered.com. We look forward to seeing you in our community.